Welcome to today's episode. I'm Casey. And I'm Leah. This is episode three of Dicalicious, our podcast by lesbians for other lesbians and queer identifying folk. And we're here to talk about what it's like to exist in the world as a woman who loves women. Definitely. What a topic. To start things off, Leah, how gay was your day? Not very gay. I have to say I'm very upset about that. I have actually just fixed my little motorbike up. And so I was riding around on that the last few days feeling quite gay. But I think that that's probably as gay as my days have been. Were you inspired last week to become a diesel dyke? Slightly. I did have a leather jacket. <laughs> I didn't have a bandana, but it's to come. It's to come. TBC. But how, how gay was your day? My day was not too gay. Just hanging out with my cat, really. You did tell me earlier, actually, that you had two older women that said that your outfit looked incredible. <laughs> that sounds pretty gay to me. I went out for brunch. <laughs> I was told that I looked magnificent. Magnificent. Magnific. (laughs) That made me feel pretty fancy. (laughs) I sure that would make anybody feel pretty fancy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very happy that happened to you today. Oh, thanks. Needed that little boost. (laughs) I was going to ask you because last time on our previous episode, you told us you were going to go to Reading Pride. Did you have fun at Reading Pride? I did, actually. I had a really nice time. So I, I think I mentioned the last time that I haven't been to Reading Pride for probably about like seven years. And so I've been to many other ones during those seven years, most recently being Amsterdam with all of you. Actually, like I was interested to see how different it was from when I was a teenager, because the last time I went, I was definitely out of the closet and I was, yeah, I I was definitely out, but I wasn't, I didn't have my full lesbian identity, you know, like right now I'm like as lesbian as I could get, fully confirmed, fully like accepted by myself, fully out and just don't give a fuck about what anybody thinks. And so it was quite nice going there. Uh, it was very different like there so the way that obviously a lot of prides happen it's just like the main thing is the parade and in reading actually i've never been to the parade and i didn't actually go this year either why why are you avoiding the parade just because like that's not the part that people go to that's like the teaser to get everybody started and then the main attraction is actually so there's this big field in reading that's like like a thrown stone from the train station and so they basically set up like people pay or organizations pay to have a stool or in the field at the, at the Pride. And there, this year, there's just like 30, 40, 50 stools of like small organizations, nonprofit organizations. We had our local football team. We had uh, homelessness charities. There was an adoption agency there as well that worked a lot with LGBT right. people. There was like the NHS, so the National Health Service in England. They had like a stool as well to support mental health for LGBT youth or everybody in, in the LGBT community. There was, yeah, like every type they were giving away free condoms. And like that's the best part, actually. A lot of people go to Reading Pride for the freebies that they get. You know, like when you go to a supermarket, they have like trolley tokens. And so they, they give out those and they've all got pride <laughs> on them. 
They give you bags. They uh-huh. give you condoms. They give you um, sweets. They give you like just random stuff. But it's really fun. It's really nice because it's a lot of. There's also a lot of like families there from straight straight families or straight couples or whatever. And it's just a lovely day out. You know, like, everybody is just so happy to just have a nice day out. Like there's live music and stuff, and there's a stage, and you've got like drag drag queens and it's just it's really nice actually so i've thoroughly enjoyed it it was pretty much exactly as i remember it but i just felt more comfortable but it's definitely not the best one that i've ever been to what is your favorite so far my favorite pride i would say it's amsterdam pride amsterdam was excellent it really impressed me actually like obviously the parade is normally in the streets at least in paris you walk from like one end of the city to the other or to the middle but with Amsterdam for all those viewers that, that don't know Paris or Amsterdam haven't been to the prides there Amsterdam is actually the parade is on the canal so you have all of these boats that kind of pass through and they're all different types of companies and organizations you have the mayor of Amsterdam you have like the police or army that have boats and it's it was just a really nice day you know and everybody is just smiling and just really happy and it was just like a community thing which is exactly how it should be it's pretty it's pretty fabulous what's your favorite pride i'm gonna have to say the amsterdam as well but i think like yes the parade was impressive but for me it was my favorite because i was there with you and with our group of friends and it was just really nice it was so nice to have like to be there in a group and we were all enjoying everything together and that's also very true yeah it had exactly the kind of community feeling that you want from a pride celebration i totally agree with that it is also the people that you that you're with and celebrating with that was really beautiful thank you for that thank you for sharing thank you for sharing (laughs) (laughs) thank you for being here thank you for letting me be here Oh, gosh. Gosh, look at all these emotions coming out. Look at all these feelings, which um, is actually what we are here to talk about. Yes, it is. Just not necessarily our own. Today's topic. So last week we spoke about a stereotype. Today we want to talk a little bit more about the kind of drama that we have in relationships. Drama in quotation marks, I want to say at the top, because it is a stereotype and I think I think a lot of the discussion around lesbian drama is a bit bullshit. I don't think there is as much drama. My opinion, I'm going to say at the top, is that there's not as much drama as you expect from, like, the general discourse. Okay. To be discussed, there's the stereotypes of, like, you meet the girl, you move in after the the second date. I actually brought the turkey baster (laughs) to the first date. (laughs) And then because it's two women, everybody's very sensitive and there's a lot of dramatic A lot of emotions. A lot of emotions. A lot of all that kind of thing. This is the kind of stereotype that we hear from various types of media, TV shows, the books and the movies and everything. It's It's all very dramatic. Like lesbian relationships are very dramatic. But it doesn't necessarily apply to all the lesbians out there. Not every lesbian, I think, falls in love at first sight. And goes around buying cookies. And um, not every lesbian is unstable and dramatic. And uh, yeah, so today we're here to unpack that and figure out if there's any truth in this stereotype, if we've got any experience and um, yeah, where we fit on this spectrum of 
drama. It's going to be a very interesting episode. I think that they're, they're actually just listening to what you said then and your brief opinion. I kind of disagree, but we're going to get into that. Do you have any experiences of a fast-moving lesbian relationship? Like, did you bring a U-Haul to any second dates? Except for all of my relationships. The most recent one, so I met my girlfriend through a mutual friend. One night we had a party and we slept in the same bed. And in the morning we kind of woke up and we were cuddling and we don't know how that happened. And we ended up kind of sharing a moment let's say and so after that happened I had to go to work I think the next like that same day and so I left and she came to my work to get my number because she didn't have it she used that as an excuse to come and see me so I gave her my number and we started texting like straight away and as soon as she finished work and I finished work we actually met up again that day And I stayed at her house, even though I had my own apartment. And for the next week, I stayed at her place. So you didn't even have the first date? No, we did not have a first date. (laughs) The first date was like five minutes, you know, when we were already in bed with each other. And that's about that. And after (laughs) that, so I had just moved into this new apartment, actually, just before I met her. And I think... So I had the apartment for probably like four days before we got together. So I stayed there for that four days. And I had the apartment for four months, okay? Four whole months, everybody. And I stayed there. Like the amount of times I slept there, I can count on one, on two hands, on two hands. Oh, shivers. Like literally, it was 10 days of me actually sleeping in that bed. And the rest of the time, I was just at her house. And I, you know, I'd go back to do like washing or to get some stuff or whatever. But most of the time, like, yeah, I just like pretty much moved in with her without like officially saying that I'd moved in with her. And then it was her idea to just be like, why are we paying two rents? Like, just fucking move in with me. <laughs> you're here all the fucking time. I like it when you're here. You like it when you're here. So just like, just move in. And I kind of held off. Like, I'm surprised at myself. I kind of held off a little bit. And I was like, no, you know, like I should wait like another month just in case or whatever. And she was like, no, no, no. Like, you know, like I, I used to really move in or whatever, but not too, too pushy I was just like, I'm going to be careful. I know the stereotype, you know, I'm not going to adhere to it. And then, you know, after after four months of being together, I definitely gave up that apartment and moved in with her. And since then, I have lived with her. And it's now been a year and a half. So I've been living with her for like a year. And it's going well. I'll just be honest. You've been living with her for a year and a half. I have been living with her for a year <laughs> and a half. It's true. You had you had your flannel shirts hanging up in the wardrobe already. I did that. I did okay because I knew that I'd need them, so I just <laughs> left them there. I wasn't going to take them back, um, and that's my story. And I, do you know what? Like most of the experiences that I've had with relationships, they have moved very fast. They have always, you mm. know, like I think I'm the kind of person that likes attention and affection, and normally the person that I'm with I think also is kind of like like enjoys the same kind of things like the attention the affection being with somebody just 
being around somebody that really likes you and wants to get to know you and wants to to spend a lot of time with you. And so I think that we attract the kind of people that we also are in that way as well. And I think that's why I always seem to move in after the first date. That's my story. Have you ever had an experience of a very fast moving lesbian relationship, Casey? No, because I think I'm very like avoidant of these kind of things. I don't like to give up my personal <laughs> space very quickly. <laughs> like with my last relationship, when I got together with my ex, I ended up just magically finding a room in a house like down the road from her place. <laughs> yeah. So we didn't we didn't live together, but we lived in the same street. And I think we were like, we lived separately for 18 months. Wow. And then she was like, please, can we just live together? I'm sure it will be fine. And I was like, okay, let's start looking at apartments. And she came back to me the next day with like, she I've got this really great place. Let's move for like the last 18 months. And she's like, okay, every week I'm going to check. Okay, that one's gone. Like find another one to replace it. <laughs> yes. I try and delay these kind of things as long as I can because it's just personal space, I guess. I like it. I can understand that. Yeah. But I do also understand it's nice to be when you find somebody that you want to spend all your time with. Oh, yeah. It can be quite nice. It's easy to fall into the just like just to just dive into dive it. into the emotions for sure. <laughs> the same emotions. I, I totally agree. Okay, I have a little question for you. Okay, because this is one of the questions from our producing team. Do you know what lesbian bed death is? Do you believe there's some truth to this particular stereotype? Okay, lesbian bed death. I'm pretty sure is when. You're in a relationship with, you're in a lesbian relationship. And after, obviously, like after the first six months or however long the, the time frame is, you stop having sex. And I'm pretty sure that that is what lesbian deathbed. Lesbian bed death. It's such a gross, like, I don't know why. I just think this is a really gross term. It's a really, like, gruesome. It is. And it's just like, it's a negative thing as well, the way that it sounds. It's just a really negative thing. And obviously, like, at the beginning of the relationship, you are going to have a lot of sex. And that's just totally normal. Because then you, like, actually wake up and live in the real world where you have to... You're tired, you know, and it's not quite as exciting or whatever. But lesbian bed death is a really horrible term. It's also, like, every kind of couple goes through this. Yes. Yeah. I heard about this term from one of my male gay friends who would just randomly bring it up all the time of like lesbian bed death, blah, blah, blah. How's it going? Like, is it happening? I've never heard that before. And it was just like, I don't know. It just, it just brings out a special reaction in me because it's not just lesbians who stop having sex with their partners. Every long-term relationship goes through ups and downs. That's very true. And like, just listen to Esther Perel's um, couples therapy podcast. Everybody stops yes, having sex eventually. But it doesn't have to stay that way. And it's, yeah, it's not specific to lesbians. Like it should just be like, bed death but then that but even that is just gross it's just it actually gross. sounds a lot more serious than it than it is yeah it's just like a little pause or a change of pace change do you believe that like if it was named something else do you believe that there's some truth to the stereotype of lesbian bed death of the fact that lesbians start off by having a lot of sex and then after six months they stop having sex completely unless it's like an anniversary or a birthday or something like that I mean, after six months is pretty depressing. That's 
not that's not very long I, it was just a, it was just an example of a time frame like okay say it was after a year or after two years or five years or whatever I mean I think eventually I do think pragmatically at some point you stop having sex every morning and every night sadly very sadly <laughs> but I just think that it's just human nature I don't think it's specific to lesbians I think at some point you just get less honeymoon phase excited about the body next to you. But it can get different. It can change. You can bring more things into it. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you can try. But I mean, things. I I don't know. I think that actually like in all of the bed deaths that there could be, at least with lesbians, you know that when you do have sex, it is going to be passionate and there is going to be at least one orgasm at the end of it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Do you personally believe lesbians are better at pleasing their partners? At pleasing them? Fuck yeah. Like, no. Uh, <laughs> that's, that isn't even a question, I don't think. Like, I think there's a lot recently that I've seen, like, the articles and stuff online where it's been like, Oh, like, it's such a shock that lesbians, like, actually orgasm, like, nine is, like, a really high percentage. Like, I don't know, like, 85% of lesbians admit that they do orgasm after having sex. That's not a direct uh, or a definite number. That was just off the top of my head, and I can't remember the number exactly. But then it was, like, straight couples, mm -hmm. like, straight women, specifically. It was, like, 33% admit that they orgasm and oh i was just gosh. like that is so fucking sad that like, come to us babe we'll sort you out come to <laughs> us yes <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that is a really that's a really low percentage let's but i'm pretty sure it's like there is a very big difference and that is really such a shame because you know these poor women they deserve it you know they deserve to have an orgasm when they have sex. Everybody deserves to have an orgasm. Everybody does deserve to have an orgasm. That is a very important part of life. We also just received the answer for the lesbian bed death. Do you want to read it or shall I? Yeah, so apparently it's the notion that lesbians in committed relationships stop having sex with each other, as we said. According to Karen Blair of the Society of, of the Society for the Scientific Study of Sex, only fifteen percent of lesbian couples engage in sex more than twice a week, compared to fifty percent or more of other comparison groups. But while it's true that lesbians have less frequent sex than their straight counterparts, lesbian sex far, lasts far longer. Kidding me. 30 to 45 minutes on average with 10% of lesbians getting to two hours compared to 10.1% <laughs> of track course, you know. I mean, I have a lot of comments about that, but Karen, where is Karen getting, like, how long? I want to know what kind of time frames Karen is. What, like, at. in her personal like, relationships? No, in her study, like, in this study where 15% of lesbians are only having sex twice a I week. also, I mean, I think there's a lot of variables in that scenario, you know, like, how long have they been in relationships? Yeah, this is what I want. Is there like, kids is it, involved, is this et cetera, et cetera, you know, because, like, there's so many different things that can, are they stressed at work even, you know, like, bring that into it. I hope Karen's thought about all of it. Yeah, Karen, we need more details. We'll reach out to Karen in the meantime. <laughs> But also, thank you for all your work on the scientific yes, study Yes, we do. Of sex. We do. We do appreciate it. 
As for the last question, which was, are lesbians better at pleasing their partners? What do we think? Uh, lesbians have more orgasms than straight and bi women. A study published in the Journal of Sexual Medicine polled 1,497 men and 1,353 women who had been sexually active within the past year. Researchers found that heterosexual women reported orgasming just 61.6% of the time and bisexual women following close behind with 58%. Lesbians, however, reported orgasming 74.7% of the time. Okay, so your stats weren't totally off, but there's still quite a difference. I mean, 61% is at least better than 33%. I, I really, like, I swear to God, I read something. <laughs> it's just your lesbian projecting. Do you know what? Even if it is, it depends on, on the part of the world as well. You know, like, there's a, there's a lot of variables involved. Um, anyway, anyway, anyway. So today we wanted to talk about lesbian dramas, stereotypes, because there is... Like, there is a general idea that lesbians have overly dramatic relationships. Like, all of this is in quotation marks. We're not saying that this is our opinion or it's truth or fact or whatever, but this is just the idea that comes along with the stereotype of lesbians. For today's topic, I think the kind of drama that we want to talk about is not anything serious like domestic yes. violence or abuse or any serious deep topics. Yes. We're, this is more of just a light-hearted, we're constantly making jokes with each other about this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So this is just more of the light-hearted kind of, you know, where we make jokes at each other and it's just it's just a bit of fun. It's nothing too serious that we are, we are discussing today. Yeah. Drama like, oh, she wants to move in straight away or, oh, she's still hanging out with her ex or... <laughs> Uh, I texted her at five o'clock and now it's 5.30 and she hasn't replied. Ah, yeah, that kind of drama. Okay. And I guess this stereotype comes from women in general are perceived as very emotional, very unstable, kind of raging hormones all the time, unpredictable mood swings. So there's, I think there's the idea that once you put two women together and add romance to the mix... It's just, it's just a fucking shit show. Exactly. <laughs> a shit show of drama <laughs> and uh, theatrics. Yeah. I think that is a, a big, um, a very big stereotype, actually. Most of the time when, when people ask me to be a lesbian and to be in a relationship with another woman, mm. there, there's always somebody that says about the fact that women are so hormonal all the time. And it just gives off the, the impression that all women are just constantly like happy, sad, angry, upset, within like a five-minute time space mm. that they're just constantly like trying to figure out if they're up or down or left or right or whatever the fuck they are. And it's really sad, first of all, to have this for lesbians, but also just for women in general to have this stereotype. Yeah. 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 Do, you, do you feel like this is true? I agree that I think that there is a fair bit of drama within lesbian relationships and I think that most of where that kind of comes from could be down to like the fact that I don't know like that we see we've seen all of these movies with like straight relationships and so what we've kind of tried to do in the lesbian world or the women loving women world is we've tried to kind of recreate it but on our own terms 
But because it's two women in a relationship, it already has a lot of its own complications. For example, you know, we all have periods and it's fucking complicated sometimes because our hormones are just naturally unbalanced for a week or a couple of days at a time. And like, so it's going to make the, the, whichever, any relationship a little bit more, not complicated or dramatic, but there's going to be like another layer to it. Do you know what I mean? Does, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. I think that there is a fair bit of drama and that's just, you know, like, honestly, I don't think that we'll ever find out exactly where it comes from. But it feels like it's just something that has kind of always been there. Like that for some reason, women are just stereotypically out in the world, more dramatic and more emotional and whatever. And so because it's two women it's obviously going to be very dramatic and very, you know, up and down at all times and whatever, which actually is is definitely not the reality for everybody. I guess I worry that this stereotype, it just sounds like something that some man has come up with. It's like, women are so dramatic. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, yeah. Women overreact they, they, it's, it's almost like if it did come from a man, they kind of just need to, like, shit on lesbians just because we're stealing their girlfriends. Do you know what I mean? Totally. But I do also think there might be there might be something to it in terms of I think women are so socialized to be nice and that can lead to letting your partner get away with things and then feeling hurt and not really being able to stand up for yourself, stand up for your feelings. I think setting boundaries is something that I struggle with because I've been very well trained at being a nice person. To make sure the people around me are comfortable. happy and comfortable. Yeah. So I kind of, I tend to go along with people more than I should. But then I feel bad standing up and saying, well, no, actually, I didn't want that. Or I didn't want to do that. Or I don't want to do that. It could be stupid things like going for hikes every fucking weekend instead of just <laughs> sitting on the couch on Saturday afternoon because I'm tired. Um, not a real life example. <laughs> <Maybe> it is. <laughs> But you know what I, you do you know what I'm trying to say? I, like, I totally understand. I totally understand. It actually is kind of when you were speaking there, it kind of made me think about like are we a little bit more like just women in general, they're seen as being more submissive yeah. than men, for example. Mm-hmm. And so if you kind of bring men in back into it, which don't worry, they'll go away again in a second. <laughs> um but I think with lesbians one of the or a way that I guess some people might see it is that women are normally so submissive but lesbians are so like against the against the norm and the do you mean like they go too far not not that they go too far but they kind of like they're a little bit rebellious in the way that they're not going to stick with like the old social values of like man and woman together and blah 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 um and so Instead of women being, or instead of lesbians being so submissive, they're now like, they're kind of in their relationship, they are becoming more like, no, actually, I'm not going to do that. And so that creates the, the drama or, an, or a drama aspect in the relationship. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, my theory is that drama mostly comes from a lack of clear communication. For sure. You know, you have dramatic reactions because you don't really understand what, why the other person is behaving like that or why you're behaving like that. Yes. And maybe there's a lack of self-awareness and that could come from we don't really get 
very many examples of solid lesbian relationships in community or on TV, on film. Lesbian relationships are always portrayed as super dramatic or it's like one woman is super experienced and she kind of turns somebody, you know, and then there's somebody has to die at the end. Or sleep with a man, which is um, pretty much the same thing. Same thing, yeah. <laughs> but there's also, I also had this other idea that there's so much pressure in same-sex relationships. I mean, my experience in growing up in a really conservative environment was that the story is that gay relationships are not good because firstly it's not real love so it's not like it's not a real relationship it's not valid the catholic one is basically you know it doesn't produce children so therefore it can't be true love um wow which i mean this statement alone has its own problems this has been many popes go-to's explanation of um why it's not true love but for me, I think that puts a lot of extra pressure on the relationship. If you come from a conservative background, like me, like I did, you go through so much stress of validating that relationship to yourself or to your family, to your community, and you want to make sure it works. So it gets really difficult when things aren't quite working. My straight friends, when they have problems, they go to their mom to Very talk true, about yeah. it. But, but I would never do that because it's not a source of support. Or I think it's always hard as well to, even for me, I don't think that I would speak to my family if I was having relationship problems. You know, it's more of something that, I mean, me and my family, it's not really something that we talk about is like feelings just in general or like really in-depth feelings of our personal relationships with other people. And so it would also be really strange for me to, to speak to my mom about, oh, I'm having this problem. What should I do? Or any family member, actually. Like, I think, like, I'm most comfortable and I am quite happy to discuss my relationship to kind of understand and to get clarity as well. And perhaps that's something that's also seen as being dramatic is if you, if you seek to find out if you're being overdramatic or if you're just being, like, kind of reasonable. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. But, but that being said, like, I, I really, I'm not really convinced that it is just a lesbian thing. Like, I haven't, but have you ever watched a season of The Bachelor? That thing is fucking dramatic. Yes, it is. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I think straight relationships don't get these kind of stereotypes because there's a lot more of them. And so, like, it's just natural and straight relationships are perfect in quotations. And so they don't want to shine a bad light on that. But like with lesbianism and lesbian relationships or gay relationships, they always kind of just throw us under the bus and just try to like pile shit on top of us and maybe that's where it originated you know like who knows maybe not create more problems but you know make us think that there are more problems and then that's how they slowly try to get us to become straight again because it's that easy i'm sure there are people <laughs> in the world that think like that you know i'd be interested to to kind of find out exactly when these lesbian stereotypes started to come out was it, you know, like back in the 1400s or something? Or was it like in the 90s or the 80s or like recently? Do you know what I mean? Probably was right from the start. Like, I'm sure the men in Athens were very worried about Sappho and her Lesbos Island. <laughs> it's, I think as soon as you take men out of the picture, men get terrified and they create 
bullshit. I totally agree with that too. So there we are. You had it here first. We figured out the stereotype <laughs> for lesbians being dramatic. I don't think lesbian drama is just specific to lesbian relationships. Essentially, at the end of the day, not. it's two human beings coming together. And sometimes, like, there's not a lot of human beings who are emotionally stable and who know how to communicate and conduct a solid, stable relationship without hurting each other. And there's a lot of fucking drama in straight relationships as well. There is. And it's just not categorized as straight drama. Not, exactly. It's not It's not categorized or stereotyped as anything. Yeah. And I'm just... Just part of life. But lesbian drama is just... Part of lesbian fun life. And, fun and games because it's not a real relationship. That is also very not, true. Because they're not making their own babies. <laughs> <laughs> um, At anyway. least they're having orgasms. <laughs> Speaking of drama on the television or the telly, <laughs> BBC News tonight at seven. This is Leonor Howe and Casey McCasey <laughs> coming to you live with this question. Do you have a favourite? lesbian drama moments that you've seen in uh, uh, in my entire life in television or movies <laughs> <laughs> in television or movies or the cinema <laughs> <laughs> do I have a favourite drama scene in TV series or a film a little bit of dyke drama okay I have I have fucking have one okay so You've watched The L Word, right? Up to season four. How have you not seen the whole thing? We've had this conversation before. I do blame Jenny. But you watch Gen Q. Yes. How? You don't even know all of the stuff that goes on. Don't need to. It's all the same shit. The same characters. (laughs) But, I mean, the thing is with Generation Q, just while we're on the topic, is that I (laughs) can always be on the topic of The L Word. I'm just a little bit upset because I am going to get to my point. But I am just a little bit upset because I feel like in Generation Q that they try to kind of put every kind of um, minority together. So they've mm. got like somebody that, that has a disability. They have gay gay couples. Is that in the old? They have uh, the... Yeah, they do have a gay couple. The gay couple. They have a million other couples. They've got people being like Alice being straight again. And I'm just, I'm just like, I understand oh, yeah, that that's a... I understand that that's a thing and that obviously, but you know, like clarify, she's not being straight, she's bi. Just because she dates a guy does not make her straight. I'm not saying that, but she's in a straight relationship. I thought it would be like, because like if you're with a woman, like it's me and Law, for example, we're in a lesbian relationship. And so if, if I mean, one of us were with a man and we were bi, it would be a straight relationship because technically man, woman, straight relationship. I think that's too binary. I like. I think if one of the people in the couple is queer, it's queer then, then it's a bi relationship. That is a very good question, though, for the for the next time because I honestly would not know how to approach that. Let's do some research and come back to that. Cool. Okay. People with bisexual experience out there who want to share their thoughts, please let us know. Let us know. Keep us informed. We obviously don't know everything. Um, anyway, what was your point? So the best drama scene I've ever seen. Not the best, but the one that's most memorable to me. Oh, were you talking about my boot with the... It was born on the premise of being a lesbian TV series. Mm. 
And now it's just like, it's for fucking everyone. And it's like, we don't need something, another TV show that's about everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, it has like a couple of lesbians here and there. Mm. I'm fucking sick of this. I do feel a little bit the same. There's a lot of like invisibility in lesbian world. Yeah. Um, Wait, hold on. What do you mean by that? I feel like lesbians are very invisible in media, in society. Like once you have your cat and your girlfriend, you don't leave your home. (laughs) Um, Which is why all the lesbian bars shut down. I'm sorry, but I really do think that. Yeah. It's so hard to find lesbian content and it's so hard to find good lesbian content it's not like l word cliche where that is very true like it's always something that's 100 percent cliched 100 percent just like not very realistic at all yeah or it's it kind of goes off topic and you have like one episode on lesbians that you know like you kind of obsess over because it's that it's a really good episode but Mm. you really have like one episode of it and it's not something that you can continuously watch there's a lot of tv programs that have lesbians in it but they're always like short-lived yeah dramatic yeah or like something and then one of them dies yeah one of them dies or one of them goes back to men or is like cheats with somebody or the relationship always ends on a negative Mm. You know, it's never like, okay, lesbians can just have like a standard life like everybody else. You know, like you you have the, this couple that just finds each other and then continues their life like really happy mm. that they found each other with no fucking drama. But because we're lesbians, we have so much fucking drama to add. Yeah, it's just drama, drama. And I hate it everywhere. Anyway, can you maybe answer my question? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my favorite like moment drama. of dyke drama on TV is probably it's a difficult question actually the first one that like really pops into my head is in that episode of the l word when shane slept with the girl and then she starts getting like crazy because shane didn't call her back and she left like halfway through the night after they had sex and she puts out the flyers and she hands them out to everybody in this street (laughs) that for me is like it's just the pinnacle of lesbian drama because it's just like, I don't know, like I know a lot of people who could feel like that. And it just, for me, it's just a really funny scene. I don't know if it's the best or my favorite lesbian scene, but it's quite a funny, dramatic scene. It does hit the lesbian drama stereotype pretty precisely. There's just one part where Shane kind of goes to her and she gives her a hug and she says, you know, like, I'm sorry, but this is just who I am. And the, the poor girl is just like, yeah, but, you know, I love you. And it's just like the stereotypes in the, in the L word at the beginning were just, they, they, were, they were on it, you know, like on the stereotypes. <laughs> that whole show is I mean, it is just, there is a lot of stereotypes in the L word. But what was your, what's, what's yours? Have you watched all of Killing Eve? Uh, of course, I was like, there. So, spoiler alert, but the last season where Eve is playing with the French girl. Oh, oh yeah. To get the information that she needs and she goes to her apartment and without knowing that um jodie coma is under the bed ah. and you know when she goes in and she's seducing yes. the french girl and jodie just stabs her in the fucking toes and then she's like that's it i'm not in yeah. love with eve anymore complete betrayal that is a a very good scene actually i really felt that you know i think there's a lot of scenes in killing eve where it really pulls on the heartstrings you know 
But if, if there's anybody out there that's listening that hasn't watched Killing Eve, very big recommendations from us. I think, yeah, that's definitely something that, that needs to be watched. That is a, a must-see. A must-see, yes. Just before we sign off, do you have a pickup line for me this week? I always have a pickup line for you this week or next week or the week after. I will keep them coming. This week, I would just like to say that people often ask me why I'm a lesbian. Mm -hmm. And I can simply reply, it's because I have a nut allergy. Oh, my God. (laughs) Listen. Oh, my God. We need to reframe this as just random lesbian dad jokes. (laughs) I love my lesbian dad jokes. I love straight dad jokes. I love every dad joke. That is just a big part of my personality. I hope that you all enjoyed the joke more than Casey did. Um, (laughs) Because I don't feel like I'm getting the recognition that I deserve. If you even have any better lesbian jokes than, than the ones that I'm telling, please feel free to send them in and I will give you all of the credit. Yes. Thank you guys very much for listening to today's episode. If you'd like more of this content, please subscribe in your podcast app of choice. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, then please leave us a rating and a review just to help us reach more lesbians and women who love loving women. And you can find us on Instagram at Dacalicious underscore podcast. Or you can send us an email at dacalicious.podcast at gmail.com. We'd really love to have more listener questions. So if you have something that you want to get off your chest or even a story you think we'd love to hear, you can send us a voice note or a message and just let us know if we can use your name or if you'd like it to be anonymous. And we're sending out a huge thanks to our producers who are keeping us organized and well-researched and also to our artwork designer. And with that, stay strong, lesbians. And we'll talk to you next week. Bisous. Bisous, bisous. Take it off.